You're listening to episode number 43 of the Purpose Gathering Podcast. In today's episode, I am so excited to introduce you to my friend and therapist, Jessica Lambros. She is going to chat with us about how to create healthy boundaries for a stronger marriage. Jessica works with adults, children, teens, and families who struggle with depression, anxiety, betrayal, addiction, grief, trauma, and relationship and attachment issues. She believes in holistic treatment for the mind, body, and soul and loves assisting clients with their mental health as well as their spiritual journeys. I'm so excited for you guys to hear our conversation today. Jessica brings incredible wisdom. She brings incredible insight. And I think you guys are going to leave today's podcast episode just feeling really encouraged and inspired to take action and set real boundaries in your marriage to create a stronger bond with your spouse. So if you guys are ready, let's jump right in. Hey mama, welcome back to the Purpose Gathering Podcast. I'm your host, Ashley Freehan, and I'm here for all you mompreneurs out there feeling torn between raising a thriving family and building a business you love. I'm a photographer, community founder, podcaster, wife, and mama saved by grace. So I can totally relate to you multi-passionate mamas. Join me every week where I share with you the strategies and mindset shifts that you need to maximize your productivity and find peace in motherhood and business. That way you can have time for the things that really matter, like binging your favorite show and cookie dough. But seriously, are you ready to transform your life from feeling frazzled to focused and be equipped with the tools you need to juggle all the things? If so, you're in the right place. Hey, Jessica, welcome to the show. I am so excited to have you here with us today. I can't wait to talk to you today about setting healthy boundaries and just openly communicating with our spouses. So I would love for you to introduce yourself to the listeners and let us know who you are, who you live with, and what you do. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me. I'm really excited about this. I love, I love what you guys do. Um, purpose gathering. I think it's so cool. So, um, yeah, so my name is Jessica Lambros and I am a licensed professional counselor and a clinical director of a private practice that I own. Um, I co-own in Gilbert, um, called stories counseling. So we primarily specialize in trauma, um, anxiety, depression, like all kinds of mental health stuff. So I've been doing that for a little while now. Um, we've been open for a little over a year, so that's been exciting. Um, and I am married, for 10 years now, I've been married to my husband, Ryan, and then I have um, two boys at home who are seven and nine years old, Weston and Maverick. So it's kind of our little family. I love that. Yeah. And I'm so like excited about you and Tony Zielko. That's the other co-owner. Yes. He has been on the podcast before as well. And so you guys are in for a real treat hearing from Jessica today. So can you explain to the listeners right now why boundaries are so important in a marriage and maybe what some examples are of boundaries and how we can start to implement them. Absolutely. Yeah. And before we dive into everything too, I always clarify whenever I do <laughs> these types of like presentations or anything like that, um, this doesn't take place of professional counseling, right? Like the information I'm giving is general information, but should not be used in place of professionally seeking out that treatment yourself. So I always like to clarify that. Um, but yeah, I, boundaries um, are incredibly important, right? Not even just for marriage, but for all relationships in general. Um, but with marriage being kind of that primary, um, that's your person, right? Like that ideally in a perfect world would be your your closest relationship. So uh, knowing where I end and that person begins in that relationship is so important. So I always tell people like boundaries are not meant to keep others out. Cause sometimes when we hear the word boundaries, we think like, Oh my gosh, like this is so cruel or so harsh or I'm, I'm being, you know, so walled up and I have to push everybody out of my space. And boundaries are really not meant to push others out. They're meant to keep you together. Right. So if I cannot hold space for myself and, and what I feel and what I need and what's important to me, then it's, it's, very much so going to be somebody else taking up that space and me kind of dissipating, right? And so it's meant to keep you in, not others out. And so I always tell people boundaries um, are, are basically where 
we exist when it comes to what's my space, what what's my zone, where do I need to assert myself, where do I need to be flexible, those types of things when it comes to relationships. And so in marriage in particular, um, you do a lot of life together, right? Like it's not just um, I spend a lot of time with this person, but I share maybe finances with them or I co-parent with them or, you know, they're going to be around my friends or my other family members. And so it's important to know what my space is and what their space is. And so it's very much so an expectation or an understanding of where I exist in this space and where the other person exists. And so in in order to have that, there has to be conversations and awareness around that. A lot of us assume certain things about one another. Um, and I think it's so, so cool because I will, I will always ask backstory, right? So whenever I see like a couple, I will always ask them like, what were boundaries like in your home growing up? And they're like, well, what do you mean? And I'm like, what was your family like? Was there, you know, um, an open door policy? Was it very private? Was it, um, you know, you could just do whatever you wanted or was it very strict? And so even understanding what we have grown up with before we come into marriage with boundaries is super, super important. So I would say um, in order to have any kind of a healthy relationship, but particularly one with your spouse, you're going to need to know what those boundaries are between the two of you. And therefore, even as as a couple, what are our boundaries as a couple when it comes to um, other relationships with other people? What are our boundaries as a family, even as we go back to family of origin? You know what I mean? When when couples or families go back for the holidays, for example, there may be new boundaries that are set within your primary family that didn't exist when you were a kid. And now your family, when you go back for Christmas, expects one thing and you're like, oh, that's that's a boundary for me and my husband or my family now, right? So it's just different um, that way. But super important to know that so that you can have healthy, flourishing relationships. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for sharing that. And I love how you say, what boundaries, what were boundaries like when you were growing up? Because I think it is so funny that, you know, obviously what we bring to our marriage is kind of what we learned when we were growing up. Right. And a lot of people really don't put those two together. And so thank you for bringing that up. Absolutely. Now, I would love for you to kind of give us a little bit more of like examples, maybe of like, what are some boundaries that need to be set? And I know Tony mentioned in his episode that sometimes you don't know, or maybe this was in our, um, when you guys came to speak at our live event and he kind of said, you don't really know what your boundaries are until they've been crossed. Right. Exactly. (laughs) Give us some examples of like, what does that even look like? And how do we start to have that conversation with our spouse that it is in fact a boundary? Absolutely. Yeah. So, I mean, you brought up a huge point. Um, how do we know? So if you grew up in a family system, for example, that didn't have boundaries, you know, like Tony, I think he shared this actually, like when he was growing up, very open boundaries in his, in his family home, like they didn't even have a door on the bathroom, that kind of open boundaries. Right. Um, wow. Yeah, exactly. Right. So, um, very, I think something happened to the door, it broke and they just never replaced it. He said, and I was like, and you were cool with that. He's like, yeah, you know, you just kind of people just came in and out when you take a shower. And I'm like, that's a huge boundary for me. Right. And my family, right. me, I would have had three doors locks, you know, on the bathroom. So, <laughs> So um, boundaries can be physical, they can be emotional, they can be um, they can be time oriented. Like boundaries are basically just what do I need at any given moment, and do I feel the freedom to express that and have that honored, right? And so um, when Tony mentioned like you're sometimes not going to know what boundaries are until they've been violated. If you grew up in a family system where boundaries were frequently violated or there weren't even any boundaries to begin with, um, then you may not even know what what to ask for, right? And so I always tell people it's like a, a classroom, right? Like if I come in to a kindergarten classroom, for example, on the first day of school, and there are no rules, none whatsoever, like what's the day going to go like? It's going to be like chaos, right? There's going to be glue everywhere and toys are, you know, thrown all over the place. Nobody's going to get any learning done, lunches, or everyone's going to be eating each other's lunches or not eating at all, right? Like there are so many like violations that can occur there. Um, And so I I tell people we like boundaries. People think sometimes that they're harsh or they're mean or they're they're rigid, um, like rules that we have to follow when it comes to one another. But they're actually expectations that help keep us safe um, and and at ease in the relationships that we're in. So when I go into that kindergarten classroom, I know what's expected of me, right? Now, you don't want too rigid of boundaries um, where, you know, I'll use the example sometimes of um, a brick wall 
a doormat and then right in the middle, kind of like a yoga bouncy ball, right? Like doormat boundaries would be um, people just walk right over you, right? They don't even know when they're violating you or crossing your your threshold of what you need in any given moment. Um, a brick wall, people really know what, what you are and are not okay with and they're going to like break their nose if they walk into it, right? It's too harsh or too firm. And that bouncy ball in the middle is kind of a gentle reminder. You cannot walk through it. If, if you bump into that boundary, you, you're going to know it's there, but it's not going to hurt you, right? And so you can move the bouncy ball and they can come through or you can keep it there and gently remind them like, nope, that's, that's not going to happen, right? You can't walk through that. So um, yeah. a physical boundary, for example, um, could be that I don't like hugs, right? Like, you know, that's not true. I love hugs, but, but someone might <laughs> not like hugs. I have a family member who she hates hugs. And um, I don't know why, but I, I work with trauma, right? So there has to be a reason. Some Something either happened to her or maybe she didn't have a lot of physical touch growing up. And so it's very foreign and uncomfortable. But for whatever reason, she doesn't like hugs, right? And so she didn't tell me this for years. I would just like kind of make it a joke and I would hug her and then I became a therapist and I'm like, oh my gosh, I've been violating your boundaries. <laughs> um, and I could feel her tense up, right? Every time I'm giving her a hug. And, and so I could tell like, now I have that intuitive sense to know like, this is uncomfortable for you. And for those of us who are highly intuitive, we can sense when we've kind of stepped on someone's toes, if you will. You know, you can tell when you've made them uncomfortable, when you went too far, when you pushed too hard. But for some people, they don't have that awareness. Um, and not because they're malicious, they're just, they didn't know. And if the person doesn't say anything, then then that continues to keep happening, right? And so- I would say tracking, like, what does it feel like in your body? Um, what does it feel like in your emotions and your thoughts? Like when you are uncomfortable with what someone has tried to do or say or push into you with is, is a really good way of tracking that. And so physical boundaries might be how much space I need from you. Um, it might mean how much time I need to complete something, right? Like um, it might mean, for example, you might have a boundary of coming home from work, I just, I need some time to unwind. And so this is a personal boundary for me where when I get home, um, I don't like to rush out and do something right away. I need a minute to just like, whoo, kind of breathe. And that was something that I realized like for so long, I'd get home from work and my husband, for example, would want to take my kids and like, oh, we're going to go to dinner right now. And it's like, oh my gosh. And I felt so rushed and hurried, like right when I got home and I would be kind of agitated and didn't really know what was going on, but I felt guilty. Like, oh, I just got home. I'm supposed to spend time with them. And so that's an example of, of like a time boundary, right? Or even a physical boundary. If he's like, get in the car, it could even be an emotional boundary of like him being frustrated with me and putting pressure. Like we got to go right right now, right? Like that could be an example too. So everybody has different boundaries with, with what they are and are not okay with. Um, but physical ones could be um, anything from like sexually what I'm okay with or not okay with, physically um, how close someone is to me. Um, it could mean how much time I need for something. It could emotionally be what I, I am okay with you saying to me or not saying to me, um, where I want your input and where I don't. Um, there's so many different ways. Boundaries are literally every second of every moment, like when we're spending time with people of how safe we feel with them, if that makes sense. Yes. I love that. So my husband, he has a couple of boundaries that we have like discovered. And one of them is a noise level boundary. Yeah. There you like, go. He is very sensitive to noise and me and my children are very loud. Right. And so we know that when he gets home, we have to soften our voices. We can't be as crazy as we normally are. Like the right. music needs to be turned down. And it's something that like, I always just used to think like, oh, you're just annoying. Like, right. why is this? Why does this bother you? Like, we're loud, get used to it. Right. But then we started to really, I started to really uncover the idea of boundaries and how it really is not annoying. And it's not something that he is just can't handle. It's, right. it's literally, I mean, I guess it is, it really is something he can't handle. Right. Like it makes, him, it makes him, yeah. yes, it makes him agitated. Like you right. said, that noise just like really raises his anxiety. And right. so that's a boundary that he like really hasn't said out loud, except for the fact that just be quiet. Like he would just shush us all the time. So now I just remind the kids like, 
dad's home, right. but slower the volume. Right. And that's a, that's a huge one, right? Again, back to the classroom, like that's why there's a noise level, right? That teachers are okay with. Um, and that makes sense. So even like taking into contrast, maybe you grew up actually in a home where, and I, I know I did, my husband and I have a very similar boundary of like, we used to yell, not even because we were mad at each other. We're just loud. There was a lot of us, right? Like I grew up in a pretty big yep. family. And so if you wanted to be heard, you were going to have to be big and loud, right? <laughs> not even in a mean way. And so yeah. I yell all the time. I'm just like, Hey, come downstairs. And my husband's like, why are you yelling at them? And I'm like, what? They can't hear me. And he's like, then walk upstairs. And I'm like, no. <laughs> so it, yeah. it's like that kind of a, he's uncomfortable with it because his family was much more quiet, kind of reserved or, um, you know, there wasn't as many of them, so they didn't need to speak that loud. And so for him, it activates like not a trauma response, but, you know, kind of an, an anxiety or a hyper arousal of like, why, why are we yelling? Is something bad happening? And I'm like, no, I just want them to come downstairs. Right. It's dinner time. Um, so it's, it's yeah. that kind of thing and, and being free to communicate it. Right. Like the fact that like your husband mentioned, like he's shushing everyone that, that could be a, a way of setting a boundary, but kind of not like he, he didn't really state what he was feeling or what specifically he needed. You just picked up on the fact that, gosh, he shushes us all the time. I guess he wants us to be quiet. Right. And so right. sometimes yeah. you, we are intuitive enough to pick up on that and we can adjust accordingly. Um, and where it really becomes a problem, oftentimes, like in, especially in marriage, most conflicts are I've got a boundary and you've got a boundary but my boundary violates your boundary and yours violates mine. Right. And that's where conflict ensues. And that's where we have to go into, you know, kind of these mediating, creating space for one another. What does it look like to compromise there? Because I want to breathe into this space, but you want to breathe into it. And we both can't coexist in that boundary together unless we compromise in, in that. Right. And so um, that makes a lot of sense when you talk about that within marriage. Yes. How do you like recommend that someone goes about coming up with a compromise? Because I do feel like that is such a tense topic. And, you know, we feel like one has to bend to the other when yeah. really there's always a plan C, right? right. So, like, how do we, how do we get to that? And how do you, um, do you have any tips for like how to foster these conversations? Cause I know for my husband and I, it's always, they, it always happens when the kids are around and it's right. not like we can have a rational conversation when the kids are always like vying for our attention. Right. So do you think it is a time that you need to like stop in that moment and be like, Hey kids, we need a second. Like we need to talk about this. Or is it something that you should wait until. Right. You know. I mean, ideally in a perfect world, um, the instant that any, any one of us feels that discomfort, we, again, perfect world, we would be able to go inside and say, oh, I'm noticing a boundary is kind of feeling violated. I know what I feel regarding that. I know what it, what that means and where it's coming from and why I feel that way. And now I am going to calmly come to my spouse and tell them, hey, listen, I feel this way. And I was wondering if it might be possible. And of course, your spouse will respond with, yes, no problem them dear, whatever you need, right? Like that's kind of a <laughs> perfect scenario. But realistically speaking, um, these are conversations you should have before they become conflicts, right? Like typically most of the time, like when people come in for couples therapy, for example, they've waited so long and they're like, okay, fine, we can't figure this out and, and let's do it. And when in reality, um, typically if we catch it soon enough, when we notice that boundary being violated soon enough, um, it's not so big or overwhelming um, for the most part that we're not um, able to calmly communicate what we need and how we feel. And the other person isn't likely going to be as defensive depending on, you know, what it is. And so I would say, um, I catch it ahead of time, right? And and time and place is super important. So um, there's all kinds of different ways to do that. But like I have one like table time, for example, where um, table talk, table time, you can call it any number of things, coffee. So all of my couples, I ask them like, when do you connect? Like when is it you time to just touch base, kind of download with each other? Um, and a lot of people will say, well, that's date nights. So, okay, well, how often are you having that? You know, I don't know, like once every other week. I'm like, okay, so that's not good, right? And so like, I, I don't know, like there's not a right or wrong way to go about that, but I would say at least daily, if possible, there should be some point in time that you just kind of touch base with your spouse. You get a reading on them, right? Um, you kind of attuned to them, if you will, so that you're on the same page. Um, and so I, I know for, for me, that's at night after the kids have gone to bed just kind of checking in with one another, right? And so that's kind of our way of reconnecting that and and checking in on on everything. And so I would say 
depending on how big the boundary violation is, um, if it's if it's super severe, it's a very raw spot for you, and it, it is a huge, massive violation of what just occurred. It might need to happen in the moment, right? You might need to set an immediate boundary of, "I'm so sorry, I'm gonna need to, I'm gonna need to have you leave right now. I can't, I can't continue this conversation. I'm gonna have to follow this up later." Or whatever it is, you know what I mean? If, if it's that big, if not, um, and it's something that's just kind of grating on you, that's like, I don't love this, but I'm, I'm, I'm okay for this second. Um, then I would say it, it would be something that you make very intentional time. Um, or even if your spouse notices that you're getting agitated or that violation has occurred, maybe let them know like, Hey, can we talk about this later? I want to make sure we follow up on this, right? Like there's a thing happening here. Um, and even if you don't have it all sorted out, maybe you're not sure exactly how you're feeling about it or what it is, it's always still good to communicate, hey, can we follow up with this later on tonight? I'm not sure exactly how I feel about it yet, but I do know that it's important to me and I'm still trying to sift through it, right? Like, so even being able to communicate that there's something there um, is is a mini boundary in and of itself, right? Like, I don't want to let this go. It's important to me, right? And that, that holds the line essentially until you can firm it up a little bit more with what you want to communicate. So, um, Boundaries in general, like let's have a conversation about boundaries. Some of us have maybe never sat down and said that specifically of like even asked the question, like, what are some boundaries for you? Um, sexually, what are some boundaries for you physically? Um, what are some boundaries when we go to like my husband's family's house, for example, there are boundaries like the way that I interact, like I'm super open with my family, for example, super, super open, right? We talk about everything. They know way too much of my business sometimes, <laughs> his family. He's a little more guarded with sometimes. Um, he likes things a little bit more private on occasion. And I'm like not used to that. I'm, I'm a, just a pretty open person. And so I have to be really intentional in certain spaces with certain people to not violate him in that way by giving away information that, for example, he's not ready to share. Right. And so there's lots of different ways. Um, and so it's something that if you notice it, make sure you follow up with it with your spouse um, and, and what you're feeling and what you're needing. And I always say like, I messages, right? Like it's like a classic conflict resolution skill of I messages um, create a lot softer ways to have conversations than you messages. So use like, will you like say for example your husband like when your kids are loud? Will you always let the kids you know just scream and you never take control of anything and you are so disrespectful um, by letting them yell all the time, right? Like this is like you 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 a lot of assumptions, a lot of shame throwing, and that's going to create a lot of defensiveness. It's like, well, wait a second, like I wasn't not managing them. We were just playing a game and we were all laughing really loud or whatever, right? And so there can be yeah. a lot of defensiveness. So I messages are great. Like I. I feel, you know, that it, it makes me uncomfortable when this happens. I would so appreciate it if we could blah, 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 blah. You know what I mean? So that usually helps yeah. as well. When when and how you have the conversation is going to be just as important as making sure that you um, honor it in the moment. So setting a boundary and reinforcing it are two different things, right? Yes. No, I love that. That was great advice. Thank you. Mm -hmm. So I talk a lot, not a lot, but I talk regularly <laughs> on my podcast about like setting work-life boundaries and setting boundaries with your children because our kids are home. A lot of listeners right. work from home with their kids being home. And so I've talked about boundaries in that way, but I haven't really talked much about boundaries with our spouses and our businesses. Right. So I'm wondering, like, what advice can you give some of the moms that are listening that maybe their spouse doesn't support their business. Maybe their spouse doesn't understand like why the house isn't always clean. When right. they right. Why dinner isn't always cooked. Like why they're not making, you know, a full-time salary, but they feel like they're working a full-time oh, job. You know what yeah, I mean? Like, that's so hard. I feel yeah. like there's so many questions and there's so many boundaries being crossed without even really knowing, right. you know? Right. And those expectations. Yeah, no, I, um, gosh, if that's you, I'm so sorry because you have the hardest job, right? Like staying home with your kiddos is, is a huge full-time job, right? Like it's, it's difficult to ask anyone who cares for, for kids or for, you know, that matter, like themselves, like we, we are, it's, it's a lot to manage in that moment. And there's a lot of pressure that comes. So I guess, um, I would say first off and foremost, like 
check in with yourself. Make sure like sometimes some of us are carrying a lot of shame um, for certain things that we're doing or not doing, and then we we can project it onto other people, right? So if I feel really insecure or ashamed about something um, and I'm going out and about in the world and interacting with people, I might have a tendency to pick up certain things that are said or certain actions that are done by others and interpret that as them shaming me or as them, you know what I mean, judging me. And so I always ask like, make sure you're not shaming yourself. Start off with that internal boundary of you to you, if you will. You know what I mean? Make sure that are you giving yourself grace? Are you giving yourself um, appreciation? Are you giving yourself positive encouragement and feedback that you believe that you are doing the best that you can do, right? Because if you don't start there, it does not matter what anyone else says or does, you're not going to believe it, right? And so I always say check with yourself first, make sure that you're not holding any of that. And then another side of that would be um, asking for clarification. Don't assume, right? Like, um, uh, you know, a spouse comes home and they're like, hey, is dinner ready? They could have very innocently just been asking like out of curiosity, hey, is are, are you going to make dinner? You know, because usually like, for example, the person who's staying home does make dinner. Let's say that's the norm, but that wasn't an understood expectation. Um They might have just been asking curiously, but if someone who is staying at home is carrying a lot of that shame and guilt, like, oh, I feel guilty, I should, X, Y, or Z, they might get super defensive out of that space um, and then, you know, kind of feel their boundary is violated when that wasn't the intention. And so I always say, ask for clarification. Like, is that what you meant? Were you were you saying that you think I'm the one who should be making dinner? Is that kind of what you were saying? Like, ask for that clarification, right? So um, I would say in that space, like two different conversations. I know you mentioned like not being supportive of their of their business um, and then the expectations that are at home. But I would say as far as like expectations go, um, that that is a boundary like waiting to happen, right? Like we all have expectations of one another. Like I have an expectation that when I go out into public, no one's going to spit on me, right? Like, but if someone spits on me, um, I I still have to be like, oh gosh, I guess that's not a universal boundary, right? Like there are times when people are going to violate us and we feel like, oh my gosh, how dare you? But if I haven't told you where my toes are, um, you know what I mean? I can't blame you for stepping on them, right? If I haven't made it clear. And so there are things that are accidents, right? If somebody spits on me, could I control that? Like boundaries and control go in hand in hand because some of us want to set boundaries on things that you cannot control, right? Like that's not within your sphere of control. And so I would say like, as far as expectations go, that's a great conversation to have. If you're noticing that there's a lot of seemingly, you know, placed expectations on you, if you're, if you are that, that mom that isn't working full time, for example, or you are that stay at home spouse, um, that, that can feel that way, those expectations. Right. And so asking for clarification, like, so I, I've recognized in myself, I feel shame, right? So my husband, for example, he stays at home right now, right? He's not working. He does work part-time in different ways, but he primarily stays more at home than I do, right? And so that was a transition for our family. And there was a conversation that had to be had around that because I noticed that he would feel all this pressure. Like, I'm like, you don't have to do that. You know, and it, it's almost like he felt he had to earn his keep or something. And I'm like, it's okay for you to, to, to rest or to not feel so pressured. Um, and it's almost like he had that expectation on himself. And he's like, I guess you're right. It's not anything you've done. I just feel like I need to. And so that was a great conversation because I wanted to make sure that wasn't coming from me, right? That projection of you better be, or you have to X, Y, or Z, or I expect, right? And so conversations about expectations, um, what, what that looks like will develop into a conversation about boundaries. Like, Hey, with me staying at home, what do you expect of me? Like what, and, and not out of, not because that means that you're going to get everything that you expect, but more so I'm curious, what are your, um, what would, what would be helpful for you or what would make you feel comfortable? Um, and then if they ask for the moon and the stars and you're like, whoa, 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 that's no, that's not a realistic expectation. That's where you get to set a boundary of like, I can appreciate that you would like me to be a, a school teacher, a chauffeur for the children, a maid, a, you know, cook, a, a, and own my own business at the same time. I can appreciate that you would love me to do all those things, for example, but that's not realistic. I can't possibly physically or emotionally handle that. Um, you get to set a boundary there of like, here's what I can give. Here's what I'm comfortable with. Um, and that's where that compromising conversation can have. Does that kind of make sense a little bit? Yeah, that definitely does. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. And 
And so I like that part about asking for clarification because that definitely happens a lot around here where I just like, he says something and I'm like, he must mean this. Right. You know, and I totally take it. Yes. yes, exactly. I totally take it, twist it. And I'm like, right. he just said X, Y, Z when really he didn't even say anything close to that. Right. He's like, what so are you I love, about? <laughs> yeah. I love the clarification part. But here's yeah. my next question. What about the mom that's listening where it's very blatantly clear, mm-hmm. you know, like right. the husband comes home and he's like, what have you been doing all day? Why right. is the house not clean? Like, why are the, you know, why is the kid running around naked? Why, why is it a mess in here? <laughs> you know what I, mean? like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I love it. So it's so very, yeah. The, and there's like, there's a reason there's a stereotype of like, oh, dad's home. Everybody get in order, right? Like it's kind of right? like, like yep. a joke stereotypically, but it makes a lot of sense because maybe um, the parents coming home is super strict and you guys better be on your game because they're going to walk in the door and the other parents more loose with their boundaries and not so rigid. And so everybody can feel when someone's in the room who has very rigid boundaries, right? Like you can feel it in the air, if you will. And so if, if it is blatantly obvious like that, um, check, check with yourself, what are you comfortable committing to? And so say, for example, um, you expect these same things of yourself. Like, say you do feel like, you know what? I want this to be my job. I want to be the one that cooks. I want to be the one that cleans. I want to be the one that, um, you know, keeps the kids in order. Um, now, realistically speaking, you went into a marriage as a partnership, right? Like, um, especially with kids, this is not one parent's responsibility over the other. Like, I stress that so heavily whenever I meet like parents when they're like, oh, well, I feel like I'm supposed to. And I'm like, uh, that's 50-50 there. Like, you know, not one person shouldn't be doing all of that heavy lifting. It, it's a, you both should be a part of that. Just the same way as the house, for example, is like we both live here, right? Like we both eat the food. We both. And so um, compromise for example, with dinner. Um, I know some spouses who, if one of the, you know, members of that couple, like always cooks and the other one is the cleaner so that it feels balanced. It doesn't feel like one person's getting taken advantage of or putting in more effort. Um, and, and the other person, you know, um, we'll, we'll pick up that in that way. And that feels balanced or feels even. And so if someone is feeling like, for example, um, you know, the, the moms that are staying at home, if the husband comes in and has all these expectations, um, we have to ask, like, he'd need to check in. You need to ask him like, what's going, are you feeling taken advantage of? Are you feeling stressed? Are you feeling like what's going on there that you feel that this is how it has to be? Maybe it's something where he grew up um, in a family system where he had, like my husband and I are like that, right? He grew up with a stay-at-home mom who she handled all that stuff. I did not. I grew up with a mom who worked full-time, right? And so I'm like, what do you mean I'm the one who does this with the kids? What do you mean I'm the one? Like, no way, right? Like, I grew up totally differently. Um, And we were able to have that conversation. And my husband was able to recognize, like, gosh, you know what? Like, that's a gender stereotyping role I'm putting on you, for example. Um, And so I would say, check yourself first. Like, if that feels like a violation, what are you willing to give? Say, for example, you feel comfortable um, cleaning a little bit more because you do have more time. Let's say like you're like, no, that's my way of contributing to my family. My husband maybe is at work all day um, and he works so hard for our family. And my way of contributing is I want to be in charge of taking care of the house. If that's something that is within your comfort sphere, right? That's something you feel comfortable giving and don't feel like you're being a doormat in that. Um, but let's say it's a busy season, you know, maybe, um, somebody got sick and it was bad. And so it's not the norm that the house isn't clean. For example, normally you really want to give in that place, but right now it's feeling, um, like you can't, then that might be a conversation to have of just like, you know, I'm, I'm, this is important to me. I value this, but it's just been a really busy season. Um, if, if they can't give grace and space for that, I would say that's almost like bordering on abusive, like emotionally, right? Like if they can't understand, like, gosh, it's been really busy. So I can understand why this thing that you normally take care of is, is not able to be taken care of right now. But I would say that's, that's a moment to have a conversation. If, if someone, if you are having anxiety when your spouse comes home, that's, that's a, that's a conversation to have, right? Like that, that's not good. That's not a positive thing. You should feel 
safe and calm when that person walks in the door. But if you all of a sudden feel on pins and needles, check yourself, make sure you're not shaming yourself and that person isn't doing that or putting that on you. You're putting that on yourself. Make sure that that's not going on. And then if if it's not that and it truly is just coming from that other person and their high expectations, for example, or their intensity with um, shaming, if those expectations aren't met, then that's a conversation to have. And then you get to state that boundary of like, you know what, how about we create a schedule and I clean this, 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 and this day, but it's not fair that I'm expected to do X, Y, or Z, right? Like you can have that conversation, I guess, at that point, if, if that makes sense, because it is a boundary violation. That's not fair. <laughs> yes. No, that helps a lot. Thank you so much for clarifying that. Yeah. So I want to talk a little bit more about this emotional abuse that you just touched on really quick because there have actually been like several mamas who have bravely shared their hearts with me and they've been experiencing emotional abuse Mm -hmm. such as shaming and name calling and belittling. Now, can you speak to this and give advice to these moms about how they can handle these interactions, how can they stand up for themselves, and maybe what are the next steps? What does it look like for them to seek further help? Right. Yeah. So, I mean, emotionally speaking, like emotional and verbal abuse is a very, very real thing. And again, like it just goes back to like, how are you raised? If you were raised in a family um, where one parent frequently belittled the other or shamed the other or um, name called, that may feel normal to you. And so when you get married and, and enter into your own family system that you've created, you're going to bring that with you, right? And be like, what? This is this is how it goes. And so sometimes it's just a lack of awareness. Again, clarification of like, do you hear the way that you're talking to me? Like, would you speak that way to so-and-so? You know what I mean? Would you speak that way to, and if the answer is yes, like, ask them if they've ever considered how that might feel. You know what I mean? Like try and create some empathy around that to see if they're even aware. Sometimes people are so unaware of those patterns that they had no idea that that was so hurtful or that was so shaming, right? Um, because we might not know of a raw spot. And so if there's like outright verbal abuse, that's that's definitely not okay. But sometimes there are raw spots that um, we aren't even aware of. For example, some some of us use humor or sarcasm, right? Like in play or in jest. And that can even be um, sometimes an emotional boundary for a lot of us that it's like um, somebody jokes that like, like you're, you're so silly. I can't believe you, you didn't understand that. Well, if we grew up with a lot of insecurities around that, like we were called stupid when we were growing up, or we were told we weren't very intelligent, or there's trauma around that in some way, um, that can be really, really sensitive and really painful. And so it may not be that the person is maliciously doing that. But again, it's a raw spot that needs to be communicated. So the outright verbal abuse, though, that you kind of mentioned, or the emotional abuse with these kind of rigid expectations and shaming and belittling, um, definitely not okay. Like I always tell people, like, would you say this to someone you love? And if the answer is no, like, why are you tolerating it? Right? Like we think that we can handle so much more, um, than, than we should have to. Right. And so if someone's doing that to you, if that's, if that's you and that's your spouse, um, definitely like make sure that you're aware of it. Cause some of us get so numb to it and we just tolerate it, especially if we grew up with it. We just think that's normal. That's not normal. Right. You should not be spoken to like that. You should be loved and cared for and, and cherished. And, um, doesn't mean that we don't get angry or make mistakes, but if you are constantly being belittled like that, definitely not okay. So I would say a conversation around that and how honoring someone is or tolerating they are of hearing you when you try and communicate your boundaries is on honestly, how close they can be to you. If I try and tell you, hey, when when this statement is made, I, it really hurts me deeply. Like it it doesn't feel acceptable. And, and I, I do not like it. I need you to stop calling me that name or I need you to stop. And depending on that person's response depends on how close they can be to you. If they are like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean that. Um, you're right. How can I make this better? Um, you know, they really express that sorrow and, and want to know how to make it right and create that safety again. Then there's likely likelihood for repair, right? Like that tells you, okay, there's safety there and I can let that person in again. Um, if they respond extremely defensively or um, they gaslight, right? Like we, like there's a ton of emotional abuse that occurs within gaslighting or the crazy making, which is kind of um, someone tries to express a hurt, right? It's like, hey, I don't, it doesn't feel good when you talk to me like that. Um, when you treat me this way, um, I need you to stop 
behaving like that or stop talking to me that way. And then all of a sudden they turn it around on you, right? Like, well, if you wouldn't have done this, then I wouldn't have had to X, Y, or Z. That's gaslighting, right? Like making you feel like you're the crazy one. So if you're the spouse that is trying to set a boundary, trying to communicate that you're hurt and and the person is defensively turning it back around on you and they can't hold any responsibility for it, that's not healthy, right? Those are kind of some of those narcissistic tendencies that um, sometimes we see pop up. Doesn't mean that you know we're going to do that perfectly every time, but there shouldn't be any of that. And so um, you're going to have to prove it. And I always tell people like setting a boundary is only half the battle. People are like, oh, well, I told them not to talk to me that way. I did it. Like, okay. And what if, and what if they still do, what are you going to do about it? Right? Like it's the same thing with my kids. Like I could tell my son all day long, don't touch the stove. It's hot. You're going to burn yourself. And if I see him moving towards the stove, I'm going to step in front of him and move him away, move him away. Right? Like, but how long am I going to do that for? If he's 14 and he's still trying to get around me to touch the stove, at what point do I say, okay, you're going to, you're going to see, right? Like I'm going to have to prove to you that I meant it. Don't touch the stove, right? He might have to burn his hand. (laughs) Hopefully we never get to that point. And obviously with children, that's a different conversation. But um, if you, for example, have a spouse who has cheated on you several times, like they are like chronically betraying you. Um, This is like classic codependency, right? Like I, I enable that behavior by allowing that person to continue to hurt me and not doing anything about it. Well, I told, I told them they can't do that anymore. That's not okay with me. And I get really mad and I threaten to leave all the time, but I don't ever do anything about it. You're only teaching that person that you aren't serious about your boundaries. If you don't take yourself seriously in that space, no one else is going to take you seriously in that space, right? Like you have to believe that you're worthy of, of that space. Um, you are worthy of not being talked to like that. You are worthy of not being shamed. You are worthy of not being belittled. And so if you don't believe that first and foremost, you're going to have a really hard time setting and enforcing a boundary around it. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes total sense. Thank you so much for touching on that. So would you say then to the mama out there who like is ready to hold her boundaries and she you know, has put those boundaries in place and they're keeping, they're just being crossed and the spouse is defensive and they're not wanting to do anything about it. At that point, would you say seek help like immediately? Yeah. So, I mean, I get, again, it just depends on how severe it is. Um, We're humans. So we're going to violate each other's boundaries in some way, shape or form all the time, right? Like it just depends on, on where um, you have to know where that line is for you, right? Like, and, and how receptive someone is to it. Like if, if someone has, has made a mistake and they really earnestly are trying to do better, they're not going to do it perfectly. You have to have grace for those spaces, but, um, with, with intentionality, they will start to make progress. You will start to see, um, more intentionality around honoring that space for you. But if this person, um, can't hold space for that, refuses to, yeah, you need to seek help immediately. Right. And so that might mean proving it. It might mean like, again, depending on the severity level, but if this is something where you are getting screamed at, you know, you're getting cussed out or being told that you're worthless. Um, you go, yeah, that, that, that to me is kind of like, a um, I'm, I'm going to state this once I'm going to ask you to, and if you can't handle, you know what I mean? Honoring this space for me, I'm going to have to get some space from you. Right. And so there's lots of ways to enforce boundaries. Sometimes it's, um, a verbal warning, right? It's the same with kids. If you think about it, like, you know, how, how serious do we need to get, you know, with, with enforcing that boundary, I meant it and I have to prove it. Right. And so it might mean taking some space apart. Um, what I start to see happen is people start to passively aggressively enforce boundaries. Um, so they'll, they'll withhold sex or they'll on purpose, um, not do something that the other person likes that they normally do, or, you know what I mean? They'll start to passively aggressively, like get back at the other person. Um, and that's super unhealthy in the sense that it just creates more, more tension and more conflict and more pain. Right. And so, um, I would seek help, right? So this could be anything from meeting up, um, if like you're a couple and you have other strong couples around you who are good friends, like, and you feel vulnerable enough, it might mean meeting with them. If you have some kind of community through some, some form of hobby or some form of spiritual organization, right? Like it could be done that way. It could mean, um, if, if both of you are earnestly kind of trying to grow, but it's still a struggle, like your boundaries just keep getting violated. Um, it could be something where you read, read a book together or go through those conversations. You set more intentionality around creating space to 
to continually check in with those and and ask again for clarification. So it might be something where I've stated this boundary um, and the other person feels that's not fair. Okay, well, how can we come up with a compromise or how can I let you know that you violated my boundary? Because sometimes, again, people will just shut down and, and be passive aggressive and that makes it worse. And so next time I feel like my boundary is violated, how would how does it feel safest for me to communicate that to you, right? So it doesn't trigger you and then we're going back and forth, right? So those kinds of conversations can be helpful. But if it's that bad, I would say, yeah, like that's that's a couples therapy. That's that's something more serious um, because otherwise it's it's going to mean one of you, one of you is going to get worn down to the point where you don't exist, right? Like you're not taking up space in the room because you can't breathe anymore. You're, you're so overwhelmed and so um, small because you haven't had space to be honored in that moment of what you need um, for safety. And that again, like wears not only on your marriage, but weighs on your friendships. It can weigh on your job. It can weigh on your parenting. Um, all of those spaces can be affected when our boundaries are getting massively violated, right? Oh my gosh, Jess, totally. That makes so much sense. Thank you so much for sharing all of that. Also, Ashley, I really thought it would it would be important just to note also, there's lots of different boundary violations, like I said, but the physical one is also, I think, super important to notice. Um, physical abuse or domestic violence is, is very real. It happens all the time. And some of us tend to um, minimize that. Like we will dismiss the little shoves or the little pulls or the little pushes or the little like grabs, right? Like sometimes we can dismiss those and we think like of the bigger, more heavy domestic violence. Um, all of it is bad, right? If your body is physically being touched in any way, again, like, and that even goes to sexually, right? Like there are places that we don't feel comfortable with that make us uncomfortable, um, that we don't feel sometimes a right to speak to. And it's so, so important that if you feel uncomfortable for any reason, um, you need to be able to say that. Right. And so for the domestic violence, like the physical abuse specifically, um, it is not okay. I don't care if you grew up in a family system where, for example, um, we were just rough with each other, right? Like my mom always pulled my hair or, um, I always got shoved, you know, we would always, you know, kind of get grabbed and shaken when, when we were in trouble. And so we learned to start to assume that we should expect those things from others or that's normal. Um, and it's not, your body is a sacred space that no one has a right to, to touch. Um, even if it's, if it's again, like if you're angry and you're really hurt, um, your spouse tries to come over and, and, you know, kind of schmooze you into a hug of like, come here, don't be mad at me. No, that's a boundary, right? Like I'm not comfortable. And so, um, all of these spaces are, are boundaries, but physically, especially if that's you and you need support, there are so many, there are so many places to get that. There's so many hotlines and there are so many, um, shelters. I used to actually work for, for two years at, um, the Phoenix rescue mission where we work with, um, we would work with domestic violence victims, um, homelessness, like substance abuse, like, and there were so many families, um, and women in particular that were running right from those situations and trying to hide. Um, and, and they just didn't know they were worthy of more until it got so severe that they had to get out. Right. Like none of that is acceptable. And if you are a part of, of a, um, if you're a part of a church that says that's okay, if you're a part of a marriage that says that's okay, if you are a part of any any friendships or family systems that are telling you it is okay for your body to be physically violated, sexually violated, um, emotionally for you to be violated, those are not healthy systems and you need to get out because there are safe places and safe people that can can honor those needs. You should never be ashamed or um, afraid to ask for what you need to keep yourself safe, whether it's physically or emotionally. But I think that's a really important thing to cover for sure. Thank you so much for talking about that, Jess. That that is so important. And I'm so thankful to have you on the show. So thankful to have this amazing conversation, even though it can be really hard. Um, but it's so important for us to be setting these boundaries with our spouses so that we can flourish and that we can have an enjoyable marriage and we can parent with confidence, right? And with purpose and not feel like, you know, we can't coexist. So I just thank you so much for being on the show today and for sharing your heart and your wisdom. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. Now, I would love for you to just take a minute and let everyone know 
where can they connect with you? And if they are local, how can they work with you? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I always tell people, so stories counseling is the name of our practice. So you can go to storiescounseling.com. It's counseling with one L, um, or you can reach out to me directly. Um, you know, on, on email, which is just Jessica at storiescounseling.com. Um, but another fantastic resource, I always tell people like we've got like five or six therapists at our office. Um, so we've got a bigger practice, but if you're looking for something specific, um, or someone, um, in network with insurance or, you know, different things like that, psychologytoday.com is like another fantastic resource where you can kind of search and have a profile picture and a bio for, um, different therapists who specialize in different things. And that's a great tool. I always send people too as well if they're kind of searching for something but they don't know what they're looking for um they've got a lot of resources on there as far as like different therapists and groups and different things like that that are available and even residential centers and treatment and stuff like that so lots of different information thank you so much again jessica it has been so incredibly amazing having you on today thanks again for having me oh my gosh you guys how incredible was that conversation i am just still so in awe over so many different things that she said. And I know that so many of you listening right now can relate. You can relate to some of what was said. You can relate to all of what was said. But I want you to not just listen to the information that she shared today. I want you to actually take action. I want you to get your spouse involved. Listen to this episode again with your spouse have those tough conversations, set the boundaries in place to avoid conflict in the future. And any time that a boundary is crossed, make a note in your phone to revisit that boundary if it's something that you can't talk about right in that moment. Because I know that this is so important if we want to create healthier marriages with our spouses. So if you guys enjoyed today's episode, I would love for you to take a screenshot Share it out on Instagram so that more mamas can find that peace in their marriage, that they can find that wholeness, and that they can really start to enjoy their spouse. Be sure to tag me at The Purpose Gathering and Jessica at Stories Counseling. And as always, mama, I am here rooting for you, and you are not alone on this journey. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Purpose Gathering Podcast. As we end our time together, remember that you were created for more. You were created to thrive with purpose and not just survive. So go out there and live your life with confidence and courage. For more resources and to become a part of our amazing online community and connect with like-minded mompreneurs, head to thepurposegathering.com resources. If you enjoyed today's episode, I would love for you to subscribe to the show and leave me a review on iTunes. Each review is so valuable to me and helps more mamas like you find the show. I'm so proud of you for listening and investing in your future. Together, let's link arms and make a lasting positive impact on our families and communities. You've got this girl, and I can't wait until next time.